Welcome to episode 24 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We're discussing the 2018 Valero Texas Open and the trophy Hassan De. After Siwoo Kim's capitulation yesterday, it's pertinent to mention that this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I repeat, this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Siwoo Kim, voodoo doll makers extraordinaire, European Tour expert Paul Williams, and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan from the Good Talk Spoiled podcast. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we this evening? Evening, guys. Is it really a good evening, is it? <laughs> I'm not so sure. It feels slightly better than last evening, I must say. Yeah, yeah. Last last night was bad. Um, not easy to go to sleep after that one. <laughs> for, uh, yeah. for, for clarity for listeners, we were all seriously, seriously um, into Siwoo Kim this week. As you know, the two gentlemen uh, put him up last week on the pod. Um, we all backed up our intentions with good, hard-earned money. And whilst uh, some of us got some returns from the each way place, others backed him on Betfair, like myself, and got absolutely nothing back. So we've only got ourselves to blame, you know, blah, blah, blah. But... I don't uh, think we have to blame ourselves at all. I think we blame <laughs> Siwoo Kim. And yeah. maybe his putter, and I would say a large percentage goes on his caddy as well for not trying to get his head sorted to make one stupid putt that any of us could have made blindfolded <laughs> and cack-handed and wrong way. I don't know. It's apt. I mean... Even if I was just, even if I wasn't on him and watching that, it would have made me cringe. But knowing that the upside was so big, it was just torture. Oh, it's madness. Uh, yeah. The mad thing was, um, up until that point, I think he was fourth for putting on the week. Yeah. Um, you know, and he'd, he'd done a little wrong. And, you know, he's just sitting there going into the back nine. And, uh, you know, I, I know, you know, we, we were on on Seaweed. There was an awful lot of people on Twitter on Seaweed as well and you know, it was almost disbelief. Um, I think half the country on yeah, it. Yeah. Especially when Palmer put him up in the post. Yeah. He ended up eighteenth for strokes game putting and I think he was in the top ten for putting average. So you can imagine what that was like oh, yeah. prior to that back nine. Well, that's where stats can be a little bit deceiving because you can look at his numbers on the uh, mm. on the face of it today and think, oh, actually, his putting wasn't that bad. But anyone who saw that uh, that final hour, hour and a half, wow, you know, it was just painful, wasn't it? Before we move ahead, although we've already moved ahead, um, let's go through some detail. Golfbankingsystem.co.uk. You can search us on Golf Bank, Golf Bank Tips, and whatever search engine you use. Twitter handles: I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is a good talk golf. Um, we're available on Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android users, users and Player FM. Still not up on Spotify for some reason. I need to look into that. And now, it's great to have you listening. All we ask is that you like and follow us on Podbean and leave us some positive customer reviews and ratings. A few seconds effort would make the three of us very happy and help to spread the word about the podcast. Now, with that being said... We had three new uh, reviews left last week, chaps. I'll read them out quickly for us. Uh, by, oh, I can't really say that. XCH Syracuse, I think it is. Great information and very knowledgeable. This one's by Votesack, or Votesack282828. <laughs> Pros, lots of useful course player and weather info. 
Comparisons with previous year's conditions are extremely helpful. Helpful. Ditto for comparisons with similar courses. Cons, a bit long. Um, I will point out to podcast listeners, I do put on, on the descriptions, um, I do place on there uh, where we have segments of the podcast. So if you want to miss a bit, you just want to listen to for one of the two tournaments, blah, blah, blah. There's actually a time on there where that actual segment of the podcast starts. And finally, uh, this is from Letty Bean. Love the info each week and the website has stellar free data. Nice work, boys. Keep them coming. We love all of your feedback at the podcast. Yeah, very good. And uh, we're, we're at four and a half now in terms of our customer rating So on iTunes. So it's all very positive, all very good. Now, I was going to talk about Siwoo, but we've already kind of let off a bit of steam. <laughs> don't, don't go back there, please. I think we should think we should think about the future, Barry. Not not keep going back to the past. Well, do you want? We'll just give the listeners one more torture story because I'm sure they can all identify with it. Oh, I also had Paul Dunn backed for Europe, and <laughs> I forgot he, about him. Yeah, he was. He averaged nearly six under par for his first three rounds. Only had three bogeys, or sorry, four bogeys for those three rounds, and he looked tight and twitchy and just. Something wasn't right, and as soon as he made bogey midway through the back nine, he kind of knew in his head it was gone, mm. and he started swinging freely again. Yeah. Um, so it just made the pressure of winning. You can see what it does to people. You know that was annoying to to have that one die, but the other, the final kicker was that I had Dunn and Kim backed in a double, and both of them failed me on the day. So not only did the double miss, I missed on a win, a single win as well on both of them. Uh, so. It was a particularly cruel Sunday. Um, hoping, I'm, I'm actually just going to back the double again this week. You just <laughs> never know. So that that win on uh, Patrick Reed's like a distant, uh, dim and distant memory now, then Barry. Oh, so close and yet so far this last week, just this week yeah. gone by. But you know, it, it kind of it also it gives me hope that we are making good picks at the moment. So absolutely. You know, if your picks are good, they have a chance come Sunday, unless they uh, are Siwoo Kim's putter, and then they don't. Yeah. I think Paul so. Dunn didn't convert, you know, mainly because he's being chased down by Rambo. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure, isn't it, when you've got a, a top-quality golfer in their own country, at their open, bearing down on you. Yeah, yeah, true. And I think that's why, you know, we discussed it last week, and I said I thought Ram would win at a crazy short price. I did actually back him on the exchange, so I did have a cover bet on him. I wanted Dunn to win, because clearly there was far more money on the bet. But, you know, you could see that got to Dunn in the end. But he's, he's a quality player, Paul Dunn, you can yeah. see that. He's got a big future ahead of him. Oh, he'll win plenty. He will win plenty. He's still learning how to, you know, he's, he's still learning his trade in that respect. You know, he's... Uh, the one that he did win was, you know, it was such a fantastic final round. Um, he's got to learn how to win it from different positions going into Sunday, and it's all part of the curve. Do you think they'll hold that tournament there again on that course? Because it didn't exactly get rave reviews, did it? I don't know. Yeah, it's, un- it's unfortunate. They only had eight weeks to prep it, so. Yeah. Um, it, it certainly wasn't presented in the most uh, aesthetically pleasing um, way, yeah. uh, and unfortunate for them. I mean, maybe they just had pretty poor weather from, you know, for the last few weeks. Their greens were quite bumpy. Mm. Yeah, um, it'd been particularly cold over there, hadn't it? and the, 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 the um, Spanish Open's quite a nomadic event anyway, and they tend to move it about. So, yeah, I'd, I'd expect some of the other tracks to uh, to appear over the next few week, uh, next few years. 
As you said, Barry, that our previews and and the podcast in general, we're we're close at the moment. We've, we've you know, even last week, you know, Paul Dunn did come in, came in full each way. I had Webb Simpson full forty to one payout, so we're there or thereabouts. Um, so it's it's encouraging stuff. I think we'll crack on um, and we'll talk Valero Texas Open. Um, clearly, not one of the PGA Tour highlights, uh, and the field this week. Um, it's particularly poor, I have to say, uh, when you're seeing the likes of, um, you know, the likes of players of the ilk of uh, Richie Wierenski, John, uh, not Johnson, Matt Atkins, Cody Gribble, Marty Do, Andrew Young, Ethan Tracy. You know, these these are guys that um, they're not lighting up. Um, the PGA Tour um, highlights package, so it's quite a weak field. It always tends to be, um, but I actually like this tournament. I, I struck the winner last year. I have a definite sort of strategy around what kind of player I want and what I'm looking for in this one. Um, it's played at a, a particularly tough golf course, and I think that's half the reason why a lot of the players don't actually play it. And of course, clearly we've got Quail Hollow coming up. You know, it's a spot in the in the schedule where a lot of players are actually looking not to play; they're actually looking to recharge the batteries. Um, it's played at the AT&T Oaks course in TPC San Antonio in Texas, uh, a stretching 7,435 yard par 72. Um, it's got kind of funky greens, emerald, dwarf, Bermuda grass, and they're overseeded with velvet, bent grass, and poa trivialis. Um, so Lord knows who that suits, whether it's bent grass, putters, or Bermuda grass. But they always are described as really good putting surfaces. But the other thing, difficulty about this course is that the fairways are quite um, relatively th- um, thin for the length of the golf course. And if you start straying off the fairways, you haven't got just rough to contend with, which can be quite thick, but you've also got all manner of trees, bushes, and um, wild animals that can pretty much snap you up as you're walking down the hole. It's a, it's a bit of a beast of a golf course. The uh, greens themselves, are, uh, it's difficult to say this, but they're, they're kind of Augusta-like, as in they tend to be quite perched, with runoff areas around them, so a lot of good shots can, if you know, over hit or under hit, roll off the green and become 25, 30 fit, 30 yard up and downs, which um, a lot of players struggle with. It's a Greg Norman design, so if we're thinking about correlating courses, think El Chameleon in Mexico, the OHL Classic. You can also think on the European Tour, of course. The, uh, the Earth Course, which is the home to the Ed Tour Ending T- DP World Tour Championship. That's another mm. Greg Norman course. Uh, all of this is clearly in this week's uh, bet, uh, betting review or preview, which I've placed in the description uh, in pod, for Podbean listeners. But in general, it tends to be a tough... You know, Texas for a start. We know this, don't we, chaps? Texas tournaments tend to be very wind impacted and it's going to be no different this week it's fairly calm on Thursday but from Friday onwards we're looking at gusts over 20-25 miles an hour as we go through the weekend Uh, and that can be seen you know and it's impacted on the winning scores here 12 under for Chapel last year Hoffman won at 12 under 
Jimmy Walker won at 11 under in 2015. That was particularly windy that year, 2015. He beat Jordan Spieth into second place by quite a quite a large margin. I think it was three or four shots he won that by, Jimmy Walker. He's a local, actually. He won by four from Jordan Spieth. Local guy lives in Bern, which is about 30 miles away from the golf course. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it, I like this tournament, personally. I, it's one that I don't mind watching. Mm. I, I do like the tougher tests. Uh, winning prices last three years. 33-1 to one for Chapel, 30-1 to one for Hoffman. 25 to 1 for Jimmy Walker, and that in, in relatively weak heats tell you that the winners tend to come from towards the top 8 10 of the betting market, or they have done for the last three years. We can go to Stephen Bowditch in 2014, who won at a whopping 350 to 1. So, uh, you know, you can get some rather large price winners of this, but since they've moved it to post RBC Heritage. We've had a 33 to 1 and a 30 to 1 winner. Just for the record, as well, 2019 schedule details are starting to come out. And this tournament is going to be the curtain raiser for the Masters. They've had, had a shift round with this new schedule that they're talking about, which is going to be shorter. So what's happening, so with, what's happening with Houston then? Is that dropping off completely? Well, it's, it's sponsor less, isn't it? If you remember, mm. I, think, I think it's. One of those that's likely to be culled. Right. Yeah. I think Houston's one that's going to fall by the wayside because clearly, if they're running a, if they're running the, um, it needs to be finished by the middle of August, doesn't it? That's the whole idea of this new schedule. Yeah. So that it doesn't clash with any of the NFL football, mm -hmm. or even the college football. I think it is over in the states actually. But anyway, so there are a number of tournaments that are just going to be culled. There just isn't space in the in the schedule for them. Yeah, but anyway, that's a side issue, really. Mm. So, that's uh, my thoughts on the tournament. Um, you can tell from various um, player interviews that I've um, placed on the preview that um, it's one of those tournaments that, you know, it, it's a hard golf course. Sergio Garcia also had a hand in the design, so... Um, if, if you fancy a bit of Sergio this week, he clearly... He's only played here once, I believe, competitively. Now that he's a Texas resident, he might play here more often. We know that he's a winner in Texas. Um, he, he's got good form in Texas. But I personally couldn't get involved with the 12-to-1 price on Sergio Garcia. I also had a look at the records of players that had just defended at the Masters. Now they did in the tournaments after. Uh, going back to something like 2008, 2009. And apart from Charles Svartzel, I think, who finished sixth at a Malaysian Open, um, pretty much none of those Masters champions seem to do a great deal. The appearance after they've kind of put the green jacket on the guy that's just taken the title from them. Yeah, well, yeah, they've uh, only just started getting used to not walking around in the green jacket themselves, I expect. Yeah, I think if Sergio had been sort of 20s or something a bit juicier in a weak field like this, I mean, statistically, he stacks up beautifully. Oh, he's so, striking, know, striking you know, the ball really well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's a ball striker's course. If you're a long hitter, you can hit plenty of fairways. You're one of these guys that's strong off the tee. If you're, you know, a greens in regulation man that has a good week with a putter, you know, you, you, you can score heavily around this course. You know, and in the likes of Charlie Hoffman, Kevin Chappell, not prolific winners, but guys 
that have been to WGCs, they've been to Augustas and got top tens. You know, these are decent golfers. Mm. So it's the kind of course that rewards proper players, I think. Yeah. Um, before I go into my selections, which aren't the most, um, they're not the the most. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Creative this week, but you know, when I'm looking at a tournament that's providing winners at this kind of price and the type of player I'm looking for, I was kind of stuck. I will mention a few, or a few to you guys that I do like the look of at bigger prices. I thought, I thought Siwoo Kim was interesting at fifty-five <laughs> to one. Don't swear I'll, at me. <laughs> I'll pass. I'll pass on that one, Barry. I won't go into any detail. I think Jimmy Walker at sixty-six is with Unibet. Looks a good price. Uh, is for, he? Is he not still suffering from Lyme disease and seems to just run out of steam in tournaments? Well, I, I tell you the truth. I was actually uh, writing um, a tip for him today. And I looked into it, and he does seem to be starting tournaments quite well at the moment. So yeah, yeah. he was t- he was top five at Copperhead, top five at Val at um, Bay Hill, then went backwards. And yeah, you know, top that's my tw- thought. Yeah, top twenty at Augusta last time out. So you know, he's playing reasonably well. Um, but yeah, you get just the feeling he's still struggling a little bit, isn't he? Yeah. I will say one thing about him though: the putter's starting to warm, and we know with Jimmy. That's once his putter starts to come, you you may find that the rest of the game comes mm. with it. It's been quite a while he's been poorly, isn't it? I'm not not really au fait with how long Lyme disease uh, lasts. You know, it can hit you for a couple of years. Really? I understand. Really? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cruel stuff, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, it's just very debilitating. Um, I had a friend who was uh, from the states, and he was he's a doctor as well. So he was telling me a few. Uh, choice bits of pieces of info about it. It's not. Uh, it doesn't sound like one that you want to credit at all. No. But I was just thinking about Jimmy Walker there over the last couple of weeks. You know, he's a a very solid first round leader bet at the moment. Yeah, that's very true. That that did strike my mind actually. Um, if I if I was looking for first round leader bets this week, I don't think Walker would be far away because he is starting fast. Uh, of course, Matt Every will be another one that I might have a little interest in this week after. <laughs> he, he, he he tripled the first last week and then decided to shoot something silly like five or six under on this Friday. Yeah, but anyway, we won't, we won't go down that route. The, another one I do like to look off chaps is Julian Shuri, who was top ten at Houston. He hasn't got a PGO Tour card, we know that. But we also know that he's very lively, isn't he? Excellent European Tour campaign last year. Yeah. Uh, top 80 in the world at the moment. So he's clearly going to be very motivated, long off the tee, aggressive. Um, I think eighty to one with Unibet is a decent price. I mean, I'm seeing as short as fifties with other bookmakers like Coral and Paddy Power. Um, whether he can keep enough bogeys off the card to actually um, to win this, I'm not so sure. But I did see that top tens at Valderrama. I saw a top eight finish at the Earth Course on the European Tour last year. Uh, he was second in Hong Kong around Fang Ling, which we know is tight, technical. 11 under won that. So I think he's the sort, um, Fritz um, Shuri, that could actually, you know, he's good enough to be a factor this week uh, at quite a nice, tasty price. Uh, Keith Mitchell's another one I like the look of, also at 100 to 1. Yeah. Uh, a big hitter. Uh, Kevin Tway's another. So there are, there are value bets out there, but. I might as well just get this done and get it out of the way. And I, I mean, I've I've gone on and on and on. The three I am going for, 
Now, for me, the key stats are for this week. I like guys that can birdie par fives. Uh, these are traditionally, I think, or especially last year, they were the third hardest set of par fives on the PGA Tour, and that includes the four major courses. So they are stretching. Um, you're looking at 590 yards plus for three of them. So I want guys that can birdie par fives. I want guys that are prepared to go for greens. So going for the green was a statistic I really wanted to uh, focus on. Um, I also like guys this week who are long off the tee. I mean, that's fairly obvious for this golf course. Power really does matter around here. And there is likely to be a lot of rain on Saturday, which could, looks like it's like an 80-85% chance. Um, it's going to come with thunder and lightning, which could see that there's going to be a serious impact on Saturday's play. You could foreseeably see a scenario here where potentially 36 holes need to be play on, played on Sunday. And if it's absolutely peed down, if you like, or precipitated a lot, the uh, on the Saturday, you could see this being a very, very long golf course. So mm. for guys that are decent on soft golf courses, in a, isn't a bad ploy. But long off the tee for me is absolutely 100% essential this week. And the other key statistic I like is the ability that when you miss the fairway, you've got to be able to hit greens in regulation. And a lot of players struggle with, with that. So I look for guys that are good out of the rough as well, because that's a statistic that I've seen consistently here with winners here. They can, they can get it out of that rough and they can still find a putting surface. I think that's very, very important this week. That's lead, led me to three golfers. Uh, it isn't Sergio Garcia. It's not Matt Kuchar. It's not Charlie Hoffman who um, I'm seeing 22 to 1 at Coral. That's not enough really to tempt me. Luke List is the perfect golfer for this golf course, but I'm he's never backed up a top 10 in his career. Can you believe that? Mm. Even on the web.com tour. So that's enough to put me off. Uh, Ryan Moore, I don't think he's long enough off the tee, and he frustrates the hell out of me, so he's likely to win this week. Uh, Kevin Chappell, don't, you know, he's a good, great golfer for this golf course. Um, but I don't like first-time defending champions, and he's only ever won twice in his career. I think he might find it a bit of a bind. Adam Scott's another one I did have a good look at, but he really is struggling with the putter. That gets me to Billy Horshaw. I've had a bit of Billy Horshaw. I've gone for 33-1 to 1 each way with Coral. They, again, have gone seven places each way at 50-odds for this tournament. So I'm going 33-1 to 1 with Horshaw. He is available right now. We're recording this tea time on Monday at 40-1 to 1 with Unibet. They're six places each way at 50 odds. I've also gone for a player I do really like the look of this week. I like, um, I do like this guy because when he's, when he's got confidence, when he's got momentum, and he's putting extremely well right now. He seems to be out the string, top tens, top fives together. He's too good not to win this year, I think. Chess and Hadley, I've gone 40-1 to 1 with Coral, seven places each way at 50 odds. And my third and final tip this week is Xander. Can you pronounce it for me, chat? Shelfley. Shelfley. I've gone for Xander Shelfley. Something like that. Again, I've taken the reduced price, 33 to 1 with Coral, seven places each way at 50 odds. But he, again, is available at 40 to 1, I'm seeing, with Unibet, six places each way at 50 odds. That has already been shortened in the last 20 minutes for Xander. 
But yeah, all three of those guys, great off the tee, um, aggressive. Um, Horschel, I couldn't believe his putting performance last week. Yeah, it's Horschel, strong, we know. It? He's shocking with the putty, you know. Mm. He's a bit like Siwoo Kim down the stretch, guys. But he does it for 72 <laughs> holes. But last week, Horschel, um, I'm just looking here at the sheet. He was 8th for proximity. Sorry, he was 8th for putts made in total distance, 325 feet. He was 3rd for strokes gained putting, Billy Horschel. And he was second for putting average last week. Now, you cannot ignore that. And we know with Horschel, he's streaky, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He can and has done um, 2013-2014. He can go back-to-back and string performances together, very much so. Yeah, two or three So I I do like Horschel. Chess and Hadley putted brilliantly last week as well. And the reason I'm with Xander is, I think... You know, someone like Harbortown doesn't suit his game where he's expressive off the tee, power-packed. He's more of your Erin Hills type of chap, which relates clearly to Brooks Coker, who was runner-up here last year. If you've got some width off the tee and where power and accuracy combined is a real benefit, Xander Chauflet is a really good uh, player from, in my mind. And if you also think about it, Charlie Hoffman's done well at East Lake in the past. As has Billy Horschel, who's been who's had three top three or four top fours here. Um, there is a big link. Um, Kevin Chappell was a runner-up at East Lake a few years ago, and of course Xander won the Tour Championship there last year. So you know that's a nice correlating course link for me. So they're they're my three. They're not the most imaginative, but for me it's one of those tournaments where you've got to look for the right kind of player, and those guys. Uh, tick all the boxes for me this week. So Horschel, Hadley, and Shoffley. Shoffley, what go on, Shoffley? Just call him Xander. Su- yeah, just go Xander or Souffle. Yeah, you could just give him a nickname. Souffle. Yeah. Well, it might. What's our What's our nickname for Horschel? Is it Horseshit? We call it. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, performance-related uh, yeah. nickname. Right, I'll leave it to the rest of you to actually point out the winner this week, or the because you guys are on such a roll. Um, I'll, I'll go with you on. Any of you tempted on Siwoo at fifty-five? Just. To... Uh, I've already taken that. Oh, Barry. <laughs> well, it's yeah. happened before, Paul. Isn't it? You know, yeah. it's the Kyle, no, no. Kyle Stanley factor no, from no. a few years ago. It does happen. Yeah. You know, he goes off, gets a little bit of him, you know, talks to a pudding psychologist for, you know, gets a good mental thought for the week, kind of like Rory did with, um, who was it, Faxon he went to, and then goes and puts in the pudding performance of his life in Bay Hill, mixed with his long game. Siwoo Kim's long game is in unbelievable shape, as everybody saw. There's no problem with the ball striking. You know, when he needed to put in a really good shot on 18 in regulation, um, you know, he struck the ball really well for the regulate the shot in regulation and the three holes of um, of the playoff. He just needs to get the putting sorted. Maybe he'll go talk, have a chat with Brad Faxon. Yeah, yeah. It's strange did, things we have did, happened. We did, we did say this morning, Paul and I. It wasn't his ball striking that let him down because normally when people are under the gun, they start spreading it, you know, mm. wide and you know, yeah, in the like Ian Poulter did yesterday, but. Clearly, with Siwoo, it wasn't that. It was that was still top grade. It was the fact that he couldn't make a putt. Just yeah. different players in different ways, isn't it? Who knows? Yeah, well, that's 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 the thing. You know, maybe he does have a. He is super resilient, and he will bounce back. Um, 
there's certainly no lack of confidence with the long game. And if he just talks to the right people in the right way this week, uh, don't see why not. You know, he, he was 22nd here last year when he came in in absolutely horrible form. So you look at his numbers as well. He is decent off the tee. He's got good strokes gained off the tee numbers. Um, if you look at like all drives driving distance on the PGA Tour stats as well, he's in the top 20. So he's consistently long with the driver. You know, he's not like a Jamie Lovemark type that can hit it 330, but tends to hit three wood virtually on every hole. Mm. <laughs> he, he is aggressive most of the time. So I could see Siwoo Kim being a factor again this week, for sure. Um, my, I, so I'm on him, and I had a note on my phone from last week um, to go into this week. I get on chess on Hadley as well. So, uh, yeah, for all the reasons you've said above and just watching him last week, very sweet on him, so uh, he's added to my roster this week. Um, there's a couple of others I had thought about. Maybe Bill Haas. He struggles yeah, a little bit for a distance, bit last but week, didn't he? what? He, he, he played well last yeah, week and he yeah. finished seventh. Yeah. yeah. Um, he hasn't played this tournament in a long, long time, but you know that that seventh place interests me. Um, and for, he's for the, for the stuff he's been through. He's he's playing. He's he's a resilient chap, isn't he? Mm. It's good to see him playing well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, he's available at 66s in uh, quite a few places. So um, the thing with Bill is, you know, his whether he can finish a tournament off. So it might be, you know, it might be worth taking a slightly lower price and uh, getting the extra places. Um, and then somebody else who I was thinking about for the outright uh, was Keegan Bradley, but I might be leaning more towards a first round leader on him because his recent results, he hasn't really. He's threatened up the top of the leaderboard, but has ultimately finished kind of mid-pack after making the cut. So I just wonder whether his winning ability exists anymore. Um, but, you know, clearly playing well enough. And so first-round leader, if there's a nice price on that, might tempt me. Yeah. His first PGA Tour win was in Texas, wasn't it? He's been striking the ball well as well, hasn't he? He's another one who's yeah. um, is very yeah. close. If he has a decent putting week, he's going to contend, isn't he? You know, I look at the, um, I, I look at all the winners, and I go through all the statistics. You know, driving actually, GIR, proximity to hole, scrambling, and everything. The key statistic, which or the two things that jumped out at me this week, because you know, when you look at this stuff every week, you get to see what how different tournaments vary. And clearly, last week at Harbour Town, you've really got to have a fantastic scrambling game. It's an absolute scrambler's course because the greens are so small. There's, you know, even the best ball strikers are missing a lot of greens. So if you're not scrambling well, you're struggling at um, Harbour Town. But the, the key number that I noted for this week is out of the eight uh, winners of this since 2010, the average driving distance in the field is 20th. Now, if you take away the crazy victory of Ben Curtis, who was 74 for driving distance, that goes up to an average of 12th in terms of driving distance in the field, and that, you rarely see a number that high. You know, it's kind of Augusta-like, that mm. is. That's a number that tallies very well to Augusta. The other cl- the other key uh, number that I'm seeing is uh, putting average, which uh, you tend to need to be in the top 10 for button, putting average to get the job done this week. It's a tough golf course, it is, it really is. It's um, it's not going to be one of those golf courses where you're seeing 83.3% of greens in regulation for the top guys on the leaderboard. If you're hitting 75%, 72% around here, you, you're doing very, very, very well. 
It's it's a beast of a it's a beast of a course. Mm. Any any views from you, Paul? Um, well, you and I talked about Billy Horschel last week when he started to show a bit of form, and um, he was my knee-jerk reaction for this as well. So it's good that we've both um, come to the same conclusion on that. You know, clearly he has got a decent record here, and as you say, the putter last week was was a revelation for him. So, um, so yeah, he's a weird one, isn't he? Mm. He's a really weird player. You can have four or five missed cuts in a row with Horschel, and then literally a third or fourth place. Yeah, something clicks. But then, as you said, when he finds that top gear, he can maintain it for a week, two weeks, three weeks. And uh, I see no I see no reason why he can't back up last week's top ten with a win here. Um, you know, the, the, the price that's out there, compared to some of the guys at the top of the market, I think he's got us equally a good chance. So, um, Would you touch Charlie Hoffman at 14 and 16 to 1? No, no, I mean, he's been priced, you know, there's, there's, there's some recent form there, but he's been priced purely... On the back of his uh, his course form, which yeah, he's fantastic. You can't you can't knock that. But um, yeah, I take I take Horschel over him. The price is on offer, absolutely. So yeah, Horschel was my um, knee jerk at the top of the market. I backed two other longer prices today. Um, Sam Ryder, who was fifth at the Houston Open on his penultimate start, and again he putted really well in Houston. He was uh, third of putting average, I think, on the week. So. So that was strong, and he, he can put it out there. He's, he's, he's plenty long enough to, to contend round here, and uh, when he's playing, well, when he's when he's driving the ball well, he's, he's total driving is good as well. So long, um, straightish when he's playing well, and decent putter. I, I like. That. He was first for strokes going putting that week, so mm. yeah, clearly the putter's warm. Yeah, I mean he missed the cut at the Heritage, but you know not everyone is going to take to, uh, to take to that in the first outing. So um, no. you know, I'll, I'll forgive him that. And two hundred to specialised test, absolutely two hundred to one with seven places. I thought was um, a nice price there. And the other one that caught my eye, who I backed this this afternoon, was Martin Pillar. Now, um, yeah, he's a real Texas expert, isn't he? Pete? Yeah, well, he's a Texas boy. He's born in Dallas, and um, he lives in Fort Worth now. And he's married to uh, Jarena, who plays on the uh, uh, LPGA, and uh, they're, they're expecting their first baby quite soon. So he's got this uh, nappy factor to come as well. And I just wonder. Uh, I think she's due. In, it must be literally in the next few weeks. So um, you know, there might be some uh, pre. Um, Pre, pre-baby uh, boost there, we shall see. But um, we talked about the um, OHL Classic, Mike Hobo, and he finished fourth there last year, um, 24th in Houston last time out. Um, he's got another third place this year at the Career Builder and finished fourth here back in 2016 as well. So there's lots of little bits of, you know, little pointers going to, to him uh, that I quite liked, actually. Before we move on, I'll just point something out, and I don't know why it is. I haven't got a clue. Boise Open, web.com. Mm. Tour, yeah? There's some inextricable link between the Boise Open and this event. Right. Kevin Chappell's done well there. Um, Charlie Hoffman, he finished, uh, he's finishing the top 10 at the Boise when he, you know, this is clearly years ago. Ryan Palmer's another one that's finished third there back in 2004. Yeah. Jimmy Walker finished second there, you know, when he was a young chap. There's this this link is incredible, right? And you just Mark mentioned Martin Pillar, yeah. Yeah. He won the Boise Open in 2015. Oh, Steve, you're gonna make me double mistake. 2017. Chesson Hadley won the Boise Open. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's just a crazy link. Billy Horschel's finished in the top six, uh, or six or seven at the Boise Open a couple of times. Yeah, it's just a mad, mad mm. link, but it seems yeah. to work. Just if I mean, I'm throwing names just off of this link only, but we know it's a particularly weak tournament. There will be some players, some fringy players that come to the top of the league. But I mean, I'm seeing names like Denny McCarthy, who did well a few weeks ago, didn't he? Denny McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I think he was fifth at Corrales or something like that. I'm seeing Conrad Schindler, um, CT Pan, who did well last week, although I don't see this as being a pan course, it's a bit too long. Grayson Murray's an interesting one. He was third in Boise in 2016, and we know that he can bang it very, very hard. Um, so he could be one that pops up. And another one that was really high for me in my statistics, but he's never even got a top 10 on the PJ Tour, Bronson Bagoon. Yeah, he, that's that's a bomb. That's a bomb, chaps. That is. He's right out there. I can't even find him. He's so low down on odds checker. But Bronson Bagoon, uh, he, he he was a clean sweep in the key stats I was looking for, um, and he was ninth at the Boise Open in 2015. Yeah, two hundred to one. Two hundred to one. So you heard it, you heard it here first. It's Bronson Bagoon's week. <laughs> I love that name. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> right. Um, they've moved the course for yours, Paul, haven't they? Just to, to add even more pain and suffering for well, the European Tour followers. Well, but yeah. should, should we talk? I, I just got to say this, Paul. Trophy Hassan Dur. The, tro- the Trophy Hassan Dur. Well, it's actually been played at the same track, but they've, uh, they've renovated it since last year. So it's. Oh, um, right. So yeah, going back to 2010, they've played this on two different tracks: one at Agadir um, and, <laughs> and the one that's uh, the one they're playing this week. Um, in Rabat, which um, yeah, so um, it's a tight tree line, seven thousand six hundred yard um, Trent Jones Senior track, um, and I, I guess over the years it's kind of got a little bit tired. The greens, um, they were originally bent grass greens, and a lot of power had grown into them. And um, in an attempt to make it tougher, they'd kind of just made it tighter and tighter and longer and longer. And, um, I think they, they, they wanted to go back and restore some of the original kind of Trent Jones um, ideas and you know his original vision to it. So, uh, do you know about this course, Barry? Not much, no. It's, it, like, it's, it's, it's a crazy story, isn't it? It's got it's something along the lines of they got one of the best course designers in the world to come and build a course for the king of yeah, yeah, absolutely Morocco. Yeah, so um, yeah, and it's uh, in, in his back garden. Yeah, there's two of them, isn't there? Because the, the one that's in Agadir is literally on the um, in the in the king's back garden. This this one's um, you know it's, it's got a lot of unique features to it too. They've got Roman ruins in the middle of the like 11th and 12th fairway or something like that. It's, so there's you know there's lots of quirky little things to it, but yeah, it's absolutely immaculate as you'd imagine, and they've brought a team in to uh, to, to bring it up to standard really. So um, they've relayed all the, all the greens, every, all eighteen greens, every bunker on the course has been redone. Um, they've added a few new bunkers to it. They've actually widened it a little bit. So the last couple of years, it's been um, it's been really tough. It's been it's been a proper technical test, and you've got um, winning scores of minus five, minus nine in the last two years. Um, and whilst they haven't, you know, they've not cleared a load of trees away, they have made it a little bit um, wider from off the uh, off the tee. Um, the greens have actually been made slightly bigger in general, um, although more undulations have been put into them. Um, the, the bunkers, which weren't overly penal, have been uh, reshaped, so you probably find that they're a bit tougher. So exactly how much dif- more difficult or easier it plays, um, 
it's difficult to tell, really. Um, you know, it has played tough the last couple. Of that years. was that was going to be my question. You know, sitting at Golf Betting System Towers, what was your view on? Does it make it tougher? Is it, or do you think it's kind of going to level out? I, I think there are a number of factors. The fact that they've relayed the greens, they're brand new greens. Um, it's been particularly dry over there. It's going to be dry all the way through the tournament. I think the, tour, uh, the, the course is going to run firm and fast, and the greens in particular, I can imagine, and then, unless they overly water them deliberately to slow it down, um, I think they'll be quite, um, quite tough and tricky. And looking at the last two years when they've played, um, you go back. They've played this um, in. They played this track at the Moroccan Open in two thousand and one, which a very young Ian Poulter won. Um, and uh, when they started this tournament in twenty ten, Rhys Davis won when they alternated between two tracks, and they used this track for three of the rounds. Um, but the last two years they've played exclusively here, and of course now they've gone kind of renovated it, so the uh, so that the rules have changed slightly. Um, but the last two years, it's been particularly tough to hit greens. You're talking, you know, if you're getting over 60% of greens in regulation, you're right up there with the top performers on the week. So, so you're going to need a short game. Absolutely. So, yeah, for me, it's come down to, you know, who's got the best short game, who's who's putting well on the week. And if you look at last year's um, two playoff finalists, which were Eduardo Molinari and, uh, and Paul Dunn, who I backed last year at 55-1, to one, um, you know, you've got uh, Dodo who topped the um, uh, top scrambling charts last year, seventy six percent or thereabouts. Dunn was the best putter in the week, so you've got that combination there of short game, either you know scrambling or putting, or um, players who can get a combination of the both. Um, and even though it's a seven thousand six hundred yard course, if you're talking about players like Poulter, like Reese Davis, Reese Davis isn't the longest by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a fantastic putter. Uh, Young, and, Young and Wang won it the year before and if you saw any of that on the TV a couple of years ago he just putted lights out he, he, he was unstoppable the putter absolutely wow. unstoppable um, you know, of, of the two Molinari brothers Dodo's always been the one with the, um, you know, the better putting short game um, Francesco's always been the one with the you know, tee to green precision um, you know, Paul Dunn who came incredibly close to winning uh, what would have been his first uh, European Tour event um, in this event last year you know, clearly a fantastic putter, one of the very best when he's playing uh, when he's playing his top golf. So, yeah, it kind of leads me down that um, down that path really. Um, for a, for a standard European Tour event, it's a decent enough field, isn't it? Paul Dunn, George Coetzee, Joost Lauten, Thomas Peters is an interesting name. Yeah, who's clearly been playing a lot of golf over in the states. Then we've got Levy. Pablo Larazabal, Andy Sullivan, who's really finding some form, isn't he? York Campillo, then we're you know we're down to the likes of Chris Wood, Aaron Rye, Eddie Pepperell. So it's a decent enough field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, um, it's you know, it's yeah, it's not up there with the Rolex events, but it's certainly not um, you know not scraping the barrel by any stretch. And you know, Paul Dunn's been put in there as the twelve to one favourite, and you know, my decision, and I haven't quite worked out how I'm exactly going to play it. My decision is really whether I go you know almost all in with done again after last week and you know you know you talked at the top of the show about Barry and I being on done and um, you know save for running into John Rahm who you know he, he clearly wanted that title he clearly you know it meant an incredible amount to him to win his home title and there isn't a John Rahm in front of him this week you know, there's, no, a, no. there's a Yost Lauten. There's a George Coatsy. Yeah, there's a, there's a Yost, Yost Lauten or George Coatsy or there's a Thomas Peters who's not playing particularly well. There's an Alex Levy who I don't think suited to this kind of grinding track. Um, so, yes, yeah, the question for me is whether, um, 
you back the player who finished second last you, uh, last year here, finished second last week. He's been playing well over in the PGA Tour. Um, the only slight reservation I've got is uh, going back to something Barry said, is that when it kind of push came to shove on Sunday, um, he seemed to tighten up. And he seemed to tighten up until the point at which the, the event was pretty much out of his grasp. And, uh, and then the swing came back. And he was hitting fairways, and he was, you know, he was, he was looking much like the player who played fantastic golf for the first two days, the first two and a half days particularly. So, um, yeah, there's there's done at the top of the market who I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna find it tough not to have him in in some shape or form, even if it's just a saver. I'll, I'll be absolutely gutted to missing him again because I backed him quite a bit, you know, from this time last year and for you know a few events over the summer, and then. Inevitably missed out when he won the British Masters. Um, you know, he's very, 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 very close. Very, very close. Your nemesis, the South African's going to be popular this week. He's already a sea of blue on Australia. <laughs> yeah, but again, if you want someone who can close a tournament out, no, well, I don't know. You know, you... but we discussed him the other week, didn't we? Do you remember when we spoke? You know, he won that tournament in it was it Tushwani Open. Yeah, Tushwani, yeah. Mm. And we said, I know you've said, Barry, there, it's going to get to a point very soon where we'll see that if he's going to take that into his you know, head mentally and actually push on from there, yeah. I think this tournament could be one of those where you, you see if he's actually learnt from that victory. Yeah, and can, can he start winning outside of South Africa? You know, can mm. he... And Brett, you know, he he's clearly feels very, very comfortable when he's playing in South African events. But there's something... Yeah, he just needs to figure out for uh, getting the job done. Uh, Cause everything, every, everything Paul's described is George Coates, isn't it? A short court, you know, short game expert. I can see he's finished fourth here in twenty. I know it's not the course, but fourth in this tournament, twenty eleven, third in twenty fifteen, eleventh in twenty fourteen. Yeah, they were so, all on the other course over in Agadir. But yes, you know, it, the the only reservation I have at eighteen to one, twenty to one, is you, you get, there's a little bit of twenties left is whether when push comes to shove on Sunday he gets over the line outside of his homeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel Yost Loughton like, does it, from what you're describing? No, not really. I don't think so. And uh, you know, Thomas Peters is the uh, the highest ranked player in the field and um, I don't think Thomas has been quite there, but when he's at his best he can win anywhere. And Andy Sullivan really caught the eye last week after starting absolutely abysmally, and then he, he you know rampaged through the field with something like sixty three and a sixty five, um, and then just kind of run out of steam on the Sunday. But he's been improving for you know a good few weeks now, and um, yeah. there's thirty three to one there, and um, that's um, that's very very tempting, very very tempting. So for me, at the top of the market it's between Dunn and Sullivan. Um, as to how I play that, I, I'm going to have to sleep on it, I think. There, there are a number of longer shots that I really like. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the ways I could play this is just to stick with um, four um, hundreds of one shots and just, just you know, just chase after a um, an each-way place. Um, does, does Sam Horsfield piss off the whole of the golf betting community <laughs> and actually go really well this week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Did you see that, Barry? He's like down to twenty to one. He is last not, week. Is he? No, last week. Okay, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Mad. Every man and his dog was on him last week, and uh, inevitably, wow. um, 
you know, I, I, I tweeted out saying when he hit twenty to one, and, uh, and a guy on Twitter came back to me and said, uh, "said you know what happens?" He said, "Everyone's on him. He's going to miss the cut." And uh, absolutely. absolutely, I hope that's not Billy Horshaw this week. I really do. <laughs> I've got a horrible feeling. Yeah, and likewise, you know, every man and his dog was on Seawoo Kim by the time he was going down the. Uh, down the straight last week and uh, yeah, it was all how weird. many hundreds of thousands do you think the bookie saved I think you made that, that that would have been one of the the most painful payouts in bookmaker history for golf I think yeah. oh. can, you ma- can you imagine if Horsfield and Kim had won well yeah there would have been a lot of doubles on that an awful lot of doubles at what 60,000 6,000 to 1 or whatever it went I would assume it was bad enough that Paul Dunn and Kim were in the mix because both of those were clearly heavily backed yeah 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 I know if you if you owned a bookmaker you wouldn't <laughs> you would have been stabbing voodoo dolls left right and centre who are these guys you like it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a stab at the dot I reckon you might have gone for Alejandro Canizares no no I'm, I'm, I'm off uh, Alejandro for the time you are right? oh, thank God for that um, uh, one stat that I saw last week, which um, made me uh, nearly choke on my uh, my shreddies this morning, was uh, Brett Rumford last week. 81.9% uh, yeah. greens in regulation from Rummy. Yeah, and he played well last week, didn't he? 125 to 1. 125 to 1. Fifth last week, 81.9% greens in regulation. Right. That's not his game. That's not his I'll game. Be, I'll it? be logging into my uh, one of my accounts when this is finished. Um, and we know he, he, you know, he played well at um, in Perth down at Lake Carignyup. He was uh, he was the leader there um, after day one. Um, he got paired with Westy in the in the third round to get through to the uh, knockout oh, stages, yeah. and they they dragged each other down. And both both <laughs> of them they, from from the final group, both of them contrived to miss the. Um, to miss the play, uh, to miss the match play, which was when you're nervous. eagerly looking at your golf bets the next day they're paired with, and you see that your man's been paired with Lee Westwood, you, your heart just sinks, doesn't it, through the floor? You're like, oh no. Well, I mean, up to that point, the pair of them were playing no. great, and then uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, utter madness. In, in, Downside of Rummy is, is is the length of the tee, but he won around uh, Binai Lake in China back in 2013, there or thereabouts. It was firm, yeah. and, firm and fast, 7,600 yards. And that's a good shout, Brett Rumford. Yeah. I like the sound of that. So Rummy's one that's well, I've backed him already. Um, Wade Ormsby's another one with a great short game. He's 125 to one. Um, you know, you go back to the back end of last year, fifth at Andalu- Andalusia, um, won the Hong Kong oh. Open, yeah, yeah, yeah. ninth the Australian PGA, um, and then just you started the, the year poorly. You missed three cuts on the trot, but he started to find a little bit last uh, last three three attempts. He just missed out on the the match play at the Super Six. Uh, went over to Mexico and it wasn't uh, you know particularly bad there. Twenty uh, fifth on the Indian Open on his last start. Now he hasn't played since the Indian Open, but if you go back to his Hong Kong win that was after a month off so similar kind of scenario here and um, if you go back he's, uh, he's finished two two top tens in the Agadir based um, uh, trophy S and uh, events over the years and 34th last year I think 125 to 1 that's a bit of an insult really he's, he's a better player than that you got any what you got short, you know, another short game Mark Warren you got any interest in him 
because he popped up on the leaderboard last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Um, with and then he did, he did his usual fall away, but yeah, no, I think he came tied seventh or sixth or thereabouts in the end. Mm. So you know, for each way back, as he'd have um, he'd have got a little bit back there, but uh, yeah, not overly, I must say. The one that really um, did catch my eye, going back to our time to our man Kadira, who won. Uh, if I've pronounced that particularly badly, who won over in the in the states last week. Um, if you look, if, you, if you'd have ranked all the players by their um, OWGR last week, he would have stuck out like a sore thumb at 250 to 1. Yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah. he was like 45th, 46th in the world, whatever he was before, at 250 to 1. Um, not one person picked him in our punters league last week on Facebook. Not one person, which is pretty much unheard of from you know best part of 300 entries. So nobody fancied him at all on the, on the group. Um, but yeah, if you'd have gone down habitually backed the players that are looking like value at the top of the OWGR, you'd have, you'd have backed him. The thing, this is it. The thing I didn't realise is he was like twenty fifth or twenty fourth at the Masters the week before. Yeah, yeah, twenty eight, something like that. But yeah, he, he finished level par for the Masters. So yeah, I know. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's for a guy that's a short course, you know, because he said afterwards, oh yeah, I like the course. It's very Japanese, you know, a lot of dog legs. It was really short course, tree line. It reminded me of home. Yeah. Well, going back to him, so he was 46th going into the week. Um, six wins on the Japan Tour before, got him up to that kind of level um, and clearly got the job done. Now, you know where this, I know where this is yeah, heading. I'm looking at his name. <laughs> I'm looking at his name. I'm staring at him. So, Go on, 61st in the world right now, Yusako Miyazoto. Miyazato, rather. 100 to 1. Mm. So he's won seven times on the Japan Tour and... You know, if you go down the list, there's only one player who's ranked higher than him in the world, and that's Thomas Peters. Yet you're getting players of the likes of Dunn, Loughton, Coatsy, all you know, Thomas Peters, 20, 20 to 1 or shorter for this, is 100 to 1. Now, that Miyazato, he was paired with Patrick Cantley, at, and I was on Patrick Cantley at the Masters, and he played like a dunce. But Miyazato, for 18 holes, did all right in the first yeah. round. Yeah. And then he fell away. Yeah. And he, I noticed him on the leaderboard last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fin- he finished twelve. He, he was quite. He was quite. He was quite prominent, wasn't he? Yeah, it? he finished. He finished twelfth altogether. He was. He's got a great short game, by the way, which I, I, I like. If you're trying to marry this up to this course, so he was sick for scrambling last week. But yeah, finished twelfth. Twelfth overall. Um, and he, we know that Hideto Tanihara, he had a good run on the, the on the European Tour last year, yep, didn't he? Didn't, yeah, didn't he finish in the top three or four at Wentworth at the BMW? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he's, um, he put a few um, decent events together. At, you know, so they can mix it, these chaps, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, perhaps there's a little bit of a Japanese halo effect from last week and uh, Miyazato will come and, uh, and you know, prove that lightning can strike twice. So, Someone will tip him up, undoubtedly. Yeah. And quite rightly. Absolutely. Yeah, it was Paul. He just did it there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He's going in. Absolutely going in tomorrow. So, uh, so yes. That, those, those are the three. The other one that I'm um, toying with is um, Andrea, Pav- uh, Andrea Pavan. 150 to 1. Um, I just need to uh, get a full grasp of whether he's, uh, he's going to go in there. I've not, not actually backed Before we move on to Barry, why is Renato Paratori being backed from like... You know, Sixty-six to one. He had a good showing here last week, uh, last year. So, uh, so yeah, okay. he's, he's got a bit of uh, bit of course form. So people are latching onto that clearly. Yes, yeah, Steve, that's my fault. I moved him. I, I just put a bet on him there about fifteen minutes ago. 
<laughs> you, you banged a couple of gr- couple of k of your euros on him, have you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of, yeah. Of, my, of my of my of my Siwoo Kim uh, tier <laughs> t- uh, tier money. Yeah, um, good good performance last week. A couple of good results of this tournament before. Pretty quality player. So uh, yeah, decent odds. So you know, just happy enough to take that. Um, and now I've just been pointed out another Italian that nearly tripled that odds. So <laughs> thanks for that, Paul. <laughs> Pavan. Yes. Um, yeah, it's looking good. Who else does I fancy for this? Uh, Pablo Rathabal is interesting enough, but again, I don't. I don't like Pablo at really short odds because I just don't. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. No. And um, I'd noted Max Kiefer in my phone last week just to keep an eye on him, but he's got. Uh, yeah, his his form in this event's not great. So yeah, I'm not so sure. Is Outside. he the German that doesn't fly? Uh, yes, I think so. Florian Fritsch, I think that is. Oh, that's, yeah, I was going to say. Ah, it, yeah. I was, I was, I'm just thinking in my sick mind, how does he get to Morocco? That's a long <laughs> oh, drive around the You're men, right, man. you're right. <laughs> Kiefer was the one that had that insanely long playoff against um, uh, the French guy. What's uh, his name? Jacqueline, yeah. Jacqueline, yeah. That was an unreal playoff. <laughs> yeah, it was not, um, nine holes or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, Pity Siwoo Kim couldn't have done that last night, but sure, look, these things happen. I have I I have gone again for a double on Siwoo and Paul Dunn. Yeah. Both 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 of them to hit the redemption story this week. You know, Dunn's got all sorts of motivation to win this week. You know, finished second last year, finished second last week. You know, he's young, he's resilient. If he can just you know get that little tweak in the head to keep the swing free and flowing this week, uh, those, those could... four stats that I was looking for, Barry Siwoo Kim ticks every box. But when I I just I don't know when I look at what correlating course form and courses I wanted him to be playing, well, like, he doesn't tick, he doesn't float my boat. But yeah, I could seriously see him being right in there again this week. And everyone will be going. I can't believe I'm not on Seawood. Yeah, I'm, I'm the person that's going to be. We, we've been not... doing we've been doing this for too long, haven't we? We've been doing this for too many years yeah. to know the kind of ruses that happen. Yeah, you see it all the time, and mm-hmm. um, you know I'm kind of getting old enough that it's really hard to kick myself on my own ass. So I just end up fuming when I miss these things when they happen. So this week I've decided, even if I lose the money on it, I'm not giving it a chance to happen. So I'm back on the double with the two of them. And I, I'm, I'm kind of happy enough to leave Dunn alone on, on a single bet. And, you know, get, try grab somebody for a place at longer odds and, you know, it'll make more money that way. Yeah, I like the strategy. Yeah, I like the sound of what you were at, Paul. So uh, it's a good idea. There's a f- and there's a few guys there that could uh, that are tempting enough to make it uh, something that could work. Fingers crossed. Well, thank yeah. you for your time, guys. I hope we um, I hope we get a winner between the two of us, or well, three of us even. Um, you know, very frustrating <laughs> last week was. But then, of course, you can't. You know, Patrick Reed the week before, so you know it's not all bad yeah. in the slightest. You're not going to get a winner. But, uh, every that, week. that that would have been by far my biggest golf bet win if uh, Seawood Kim had actually gone through, and I stupidly didn't lay it off. But uh, that you know, we all learn from, uh, and we all have our own strategies. Right, there isn't going to be a podcast next week because I'm away on holiday, having a week off. So uh, we'll be back the following week. Thank you to all listeners. 
And uh, thank you to you, Jess. Have a good evening, yeah? Yeah, cheers, guys. Best of luck. Cheers, guys. Good luck, right. everybody. Goodbye. Cheers. <laughs>